we're now very excited once again to be joined by a good friend of the program, a former Auburn University men's basketball player, a current beat writer covering the Golden State Warriors for the San Francisco Chronicle, our good friend CJ Holmes back with us. CJ, it was not as long between visits this time. Glad to get you back here on the show. How are you today? I'm doing well, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's start here. I mean, look, this is such an exciting opportunity for you and your profession. Here you are. All of a sudden, you've gotten the chance to cover three NBA Finals games. They're in the venue for each and every one of them. What's that been like for you personally? Oh, man, it's been, a, been an unbelievable experience. I think last time I was on the show, I said, you know, I remember walking out there um, for media day when they're setting up all the, you know, Finals logos on the court and on the Jumbotron and quarters table and it's just a unbelievable moment for me um thankful to be in this position and uh and hopefully uh, the series can finish up in an exciting way tell us what it's like i mean obviously we're watching it on television we know how uh, kind of crazy that boston crowd was in game three but even from the warriors perspective to be in venue and hear an atmosphere like that you played in the sec cj you've been in a lot of basketball venues in your day and covered a whole lot of hoops we've never had that honor of getting to go to an nba finals game what's the atmosphere truly like from inside the building for a, a game of that magnitude oh man it was definitely up there with some of the best venues i've ever been in um this person thinking back to college you know i think of the swamp uh, i think i was playing at arkansas yeah. playing at kentucky uh but i mean i mean this crowd was unbelievable i mean they were on their feet from start to finish they were loud uh, before tip-off, the crowd was literally shaking um, over in press row. Um, it was insane. I mean, you heard on TV, right? You heard them uh, yelling at Draymond throughout the game. And you, know, you can say what you want about the ethicalness of all that, but you know, it was a passionate fans here in Boston, and they're going to let the Warriors here to be in the night. And, of course, CJ, all of Dub Nation anxiously keeping up with the news of Steph Curry and his foot injured in that scrum for the basketball late in the fourth quarter of game three. Uh, what is his status for tonight for those that have not seen? And then also just how uh, did he look and shoot around earlier today? Um, that was definitely a scary moment for Steph uh, towards the end of game three. You, know, you may think back to what happened you know, the last time they told him regular season back on March 16th. Similar situation. Marcus Smart diving for a loose ball, steps in the area, Smart lands on Steph's leg, and Steph misses uh, the final 12 games of the regular season. So, yeah, when that moment happened in game 30, when a Warriors fan across the country are collectively holding their breath, uh, but right after the game, Steph is short. He thought he's fine. He didn't, miss, he, said, he didn't think he'd miss any time. Yesterday at practice, um, it confirmed that once again. He heard that he expects Steph to play. Steph said, I'm ready to go. And uh, today's shoot-around, same thing. Um, Steph will play tonight, no limitations. And shoot-around, there was no type of wrap or protective, there was no type of wrap or protective brace um, on that left ankle, so he should be good to go. And, and CJ, um, Draymond's received a lot of criticism about how his how he's been going about the game this series, and they're saying that he's not really focused, more focused on, you know, playing more um, to the antics of the game and kind of drawing fouls and how he's been and uh, also, you know, more focused on the outside of things, like how he does his podcast. What's your take on that? I think it's ridiculous. You know, we live in an age of social media where everything is kind of blown up to, you know, to the extreme. I mean, Michael Jordan was going, you know, going to casinos before finals games. Lord knows what, you know, a guy like Dennis Rodman was doing, right? And, you know, Draymond Green talking on the podcast sober 
after games is somehow distracting him from, you know, what's going on in the court. I don't believe that. Draymond Green is way better. Absolutely. But to blame his podcast on his poor play, I just personally find it ridiculous. And then when you look at some of the X's and O's so far in this series, CJ, obviously a strength of Golden State, despite what I think some perceive, obviously, and I know it is a small team overall, but a strength of this team has been the rebounding throughout the postseason. However, for the first time, Boston really uh, kind of drubbed them a little bit on, on the glass in Game 3. I, I know part of Golden State – would love to play Kevon Looney a lot because he is obviously going to help out there. But obviously when you play Looney and Draymond together offensively, it kind of weighs some things down and, and kind of creates a lack of space. How do you think the coaches will navigate that going throughout the rest of the series? And what do you value more, more space on offense or more rebounding on defense? You know, uh, the words that from the glass is poor in game three. I mean, you know, that's obvious. And it was really shades of that uh, game five in Memphis. And they really got drugged on the boards in that game, too. Um, and I, I see what you're saying as far as playing Green and Lee together in the spacing situation. But you know, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I don't necessarily think it's a strategy. It, this is a strategy issue. It's, it's a want-to issue, right? It's, and as simple as that sounds, I think that was just the truth. The thoughts are playing on the home court. They were amped up, full of energy, and Robert Williams, now Wolford said, you know what? We're going to be bullies tonight. And that's exactly what they did. And it wasn't necessarily a schematics thing. Um, the Warriors out-rebounded the, um, out-rebounded the Celtics in their game to win, uh, I, think by, I think by double figures. Um, so they've proven time and time again, like you said, in this postseason, they've been a solid rebounding team with that game five and Memphis being the outlier. It's just a matter of wanting. They just have to bring in and be ready to match the Celtics' physicality today. And CJ, when you look at this Golden State Warriors team, and, and one of the big issues uh, for them was how Robert Williams played against them. How does the Warriors go into this game for and solve that Robert Williams problem? Well, offensively, you got to get him away from the basket, right? Put him in pick and roll scenarios, um, get him in situations where he's not in front of the rim. Um, to, a lot in this series, this guy's been such a force around the rim in this series, blocking shots. I think he's not blocking him. You know, he's making the Warriors think twice uh, when they rise off the floor. Um, so yeah, offensively, you got to get them away from the basket, get them in action, get them moving, you know, get them a little tired. And, you know, at the other end, you know, and on the pull glass, you know, you got some multiple bodies on that guy at times. Um, that's offensively. Defensively, you know, you just got to keep them off the glass, box them out, you know, make sure he's not, you know, pulling out offensive rebounding, he's got the same opportunities. It's multiple, he's a multiple effort the guy. And this is the guy that, you know, you stop him once, he's going to keep coming. Um, so, again, it comes down to matching intensity and matching physicality. Uh, Robert Williams was the more energized, uh, you know, p- player among the post players in Game 3. And it's going to be on the Warriors to match that intensity. C.J. Holmes with the San Francisco Chronicle is joining us here on Sports Call today. A beat writer for the Golden State Warriors as they trail in the NBA Finals two games to one against the Boston Celtics. Game four scheduled for a little bit later tonight. So obviously you're around the Golden State Warriors every single day, CJ. You've seen them throughout this entire playoff run. Let me flip teams, though, for you. From a basketball perspective and knowing hoops as well as you do, what's been the most impressive thing about this Boston Celtics team? Because going into the series, not a single player on their roster had ever played in the NBA Finals before. 
Oh, and to me, the most precious things about the Celtics team is their youth, their athleticism, of course, that defense. Um, you know, when those guys decide they want to lock up, they're extremely tough to score on. And, you know, when you got, got young guys like Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, they're young. Those guys can, as a Captain America, Captain America says, they can do this all day. Um, so that combination of youth and athleticism and energy and want to, that's been the most impressive thing. Uh, in this <laughs> Talking with C.J. Holmes here on the program today. Last time we had you on the show, we uh, were going over that fun prompt that we had about what Auburn players uh, that you played with would you want to get a bucket or get a defensive stop, get a rebound. Let's talk a little Auburn hoops with you uh, from the NBA perspective before we let you go here uh, today, C.J. Earlier this week, your head coach, Bruce Pearl, stopped by our radio show, a fun visit that we had. I want to ask you this, though. He's talking about Jabari Smith and why Bruce Pearl believes Jabari ultimately deserves to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Kind of what are you hearing? I know you're around the league a lot. You're in those conversations. And then you've got the uh, Auburn basketball, the Auburn family side of things there with you. What impresses you most about Jabari? This is consistency, man. If you, if you look at that, I'm not trying to be a homer, but if you look at, you know, Paulo Banchero, Chet Holmgren, I think that Jabari was the most consistent of the three, you know, throughout the year. Um, the guy's just a freshman. Um, you know, it's a combination of size and skill. Um, he can shoot the ball from the outside. I mean, you know, he's a guy who can be physical when he wants to. And when he, you know, continues to develop his game, starts to sit on the floor, I mean, the sky's the limit. Um, you know, I, I believe he deserves to be the number one pick. You know, not, not that Chad and Paulo don't, but, you know, I just believe that he is the most, the best all-around prospect um, in this year's draft class. Uh, with that said, do I want Jabari to go number one to Orlando? Uh, no, let's go to die. You know, in a in a perfect world, and you know, I know Jabari and Auburn Nation has one of those. In the perfect world, I'd love to see Jabari uh, fall to Houston at three. You know, pair him with Jalen Green. I think that duo can be dynamic uh, for years to come um, down there in Texas. Uh, but you know, more likely than not, he's going to go number one. But you know, in the back of my mind, I keep telling myself, you know, that shit hype is real. That shit hype is real. And, um, I haven't heard much out of his workouts yet, but you know, you know how this thing goes. And you know, guys like that, he's that momentum all year long. We'll see how he works out. And, you know, he's, he's the guy who can ultimately push his way into the number one pick. Or getting you know, closer. Though, you know, has Mo Bamba and multiple post players. Um, you know, Chet's a unicorn. He also has a chance to be a very special, special player. Yeah, we're getting closer. We're 13 days away from the NBA draft, and we'll find out the Orlando perspective. You've got the idea of possibly teaming up Jabari Smith with Chuma Okiki, another Auburn men's basketball player. Being a part of that Auburn basketball family, though, CJ, what does a number one pick from Auburn mean? Like, that's never happened before. What could that mean to the Auburn basketball family? Oh, uh, it mean everything, man. It's just a testament to the program of this program that goes down there on the plane. You know, I'm proud of all of them, man, but, you know, I'm proud of my teammates and, and the guys I had the opportunity to play with. But the program was nothing dang compared to what it is now. Um, each year, since Bruce has taken over, maybe not each year, but in recent years, we're, we're putting out, putting guys into the lottery. Now we have a chance for a guy to get number one, number one in the country last year. Um, it's just uh it's just all the things that come with having a lead back program. That's exactly what the university has right now. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, CJ. Let's circle back to the finals one more time before we let you go here tonight. Again, game four. People could follow you on Twitter at CJHolmes22 for your coverage for the San Francisco Chronicle. Ultimately, how do you see tonight's game going and what kind of impact can that have on the rest of the series? 
know, I think the Warriors will be better tonight. Um, yeah, I think I think Steph's going to be Steph. You know, hopefully Clay continues to shoot the ball well like he did in Game Three. I think they will get a little bit more help. Really, in Game Three, it was just Steph, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. All right. I think they will get more of a collective effort in Game Three. I do think they'll be better on the glass. I do think they'll be better uh, defensively because one thing that this Warriors team does is they make adjustments and. If I'm correct, I gotta know South Carolina to be right. I think wrong, but I don't think they've lost back-to-back uh, games. Um, I don't think they've lost back-to-back uh, games uh, this year in the postseason. Um, these guys know it, what's at stake. They know what it essentially means if they go down three-one. I don't think the Warriors are gonna let, let that happen tonight. I got the Warriors tonight. All right, CJ, we appreciate the time as always. Have fun tonight, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Hey, thanks for having me.